Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you as you grow your faith and your relationship with Jesus. Grab your notebook and a pen as we get right into the message. We are in week three of a series that we're simply calling Made to Worship. And by the way, Pastor Joe did an incredible job last week. Come on, can we give it up for Pastor Joe? I thought it was so important that we took the time to hear his heart. Why? Because he is the one that leads us in our worship experience here on a Sunday morning. So I appreciate him taking a moment and and sharing that with us last week. But in and through this series, we're discovering the fact that you and I were created to worship, to give God praise. And we kicked off this series a couple of weeks ago talking about the need of preparation, of getting ourselves ready of not coming in here um, unprepared, but to come in here prayed up, packed up, and ready to go and do what God has called of us. And in this moment, as we're ready to receive, as we're ready to give him praise, as we're ready to surrender it all, the glory of God will fall in our hearts and in our lives. Because truth be told, worship should be more than just the 20 minutes we experience here. But it should be what we experience on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, and every single day of the week. That's how we can come in here ready and prepared. When we live the life, when we walk the journey of worship on a regular daily basis, our hearts are in tune with the things of God. We're ready to receive from God. Maybe you've heard people say this before, man, I just feel that God is leading me to do this. I just feel that God is directing me. I feel like he's speaking to my heart. And maybe you're wondering, how do I hear the voice of God? How do I know How do I feel that touch? You spend time in his presence. Come on, that was a great place for an amen. Thank you. You see, when we're in tune with the Spirit, when we're in tune with the presence of God, when we're walking in alignment with who he is, it's like we've got this funnel connection. And God begins to impart these things upon our lives. He begins to lead us in ways that we never imagined we would be led before. He begins to speak truth into our lives. He begins to give us opportunities to be used by him. Why? Because we were made to worship. In fact, look at your neighbor this morning and say, you were made to worship. If you're watching online, put it in the chat. You were made to worship. Every single one of us was created with this inner longing, this void in our heart for more and more of God. For a few moments, I want to talk about this moment, this experience here. I remember growing up, my home church back in the day when I was a kid, you know, I grew up in like the 2010s. Yeah, I know actually my wife and I were talking the other day and something came about the 80s. She's like, it wasn't that long ago. I'm like, babe, the 80s were 40 years ago. We are there. We have risen to that point of our lives. But I remember as a kid growing up in the 70s and 80s, our time of worship on a Sunday morning wasn't called the worship service. 
We called it the song service. And here's the difference. There's a distinct difference between a worship service and a song service. A worship service is taking that moment, we're prepared, we're ready, we're engaged, we're diving into the presence of God, we're longing for a move of his spirit, we're longing for his presence to consume this place, but then there was the song service, and now I'm not speaking ill against any church that does this, it's just not what I see happening in the Bible, and the song service was literally, anybody have a song they want to sing this morning? And we'd sing two or three songs. We would have basically Christian karaoke for a few moments. And then we would go into the message. And I began looking at this and I realized that that's not what God has for us. In fact, I want to look at a moment in the book of 2 Samuel where a gentleman by the name of David, King David, you might remember him. He's the one that picked up five smooth stones and spun one in the air and knocked out a guy by the name of Goliath. Do you remember David? He's the one that stood on the, the roof of the palace and, and sinned by looking at a woman bathing. This is the same David. But in this moment, and I share that because I want you to understand that he's, he wasn't perfect. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for worshipers. Come on, it's okay to get a little excited this morning. It's okay to say amen. I spent the last two days with 7,000 gentlemen in an arena ready to worship God. And I'm coming in this morning believing that you're ready to worship God. I believe that God wants to move in this place. So God's not looking for us to be perfect. He's looking for us to be willing to worship. Here we see King David they're moving the Ark of, Co of the Covenant, and we find in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 21, it said, David replied to Michael, this is his wife, Michael, in God's presence, I'll dance all I want. He chose me over your father. Oh, now be careful there. That'll get you in trouble, gentlemen, but anyway, David said it. He chose me, God chose me over your father and the rest of our family and made me prince over God's people, over Israel. Oh yes, I'll dance to God's glory more recklessly even than this. As far as I'm concerned, I'll gladly look like a fool. I'll gladly look like a fool. I want to talk about worship this morning, a couple attributes, a couple things that we see in regards to worship, and then, then what do we need to do in order to become or step into the realm of what God has for us as worshipers? Would you pray with me this morning? God, I pray right now, Lord, that you will make your word alive and well. Lord, I pray that for the next few moments as we talk about worship and, and this experience of worship, Lord, I pray that we don't allow it to fall on deaf ears, but Lord, that we apply it to our hearts because your word tells us that if we just hear the word, but we don't apply the word, Lord, we're just messing around, we're wasting our time, but Lord, you've called us to an application of the scriptures. So, Lord, let this become alive and well in our hearts and lives today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For the next couple of weeks, I want to really dive in. I want to discover what is real worship and what is the worship that God desires from us. 
After all, the Bible tells us that God inhabits, he longs for, he desires, he takes residence in the moments of our praise and our worship to him. So what is worship? If worship isn't a karaoke moment, if worship isn't who wants to sing a song, but if worship is something more than that, what is worship? Well, the Bible, sorry, the dictionary in Merriam-Webster's dictionary says it this way, worship is to regard with great extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. To regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. Now, if we dig a little deeper, we realize that it requires somebody to offer this moment of great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. We would call that individual a worshiper. This is the one that takes part in worship. This is the one that, that personalizes worship. This is the one that, that moves forward intentionally in worship. Therefore, to accomplish the task the type of worship that God desires, there must be an intentional application of the action. Come on. Let me say that again. In order to accomplish the task or the type of worship that God desires, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, there must be an intentional application. In other words, I take this moment to say, you know what? I may not feel like worshiping today, but I'm going to worship because God deserves my praise. I may be tired this morning. I may not feel like raising my hands in surrender, but God deserves my praise. So I'm going to take this moment intentionally. I'm going to step forward in this moment to give God the glory that he deserves. It's putting intentionality into the respect and the honor and the devotion to God. After all, true worship is not a self-centered approach. But true worship is a God-centered or a God-focused approach. It's taking the time to offer thanksgiving to God, moments to align our lives, our will, our hopes, our dreams, our passions with who he is, and simply to give him honor and glory because of who he is. That's what worship is all about. That's what David was trying to get across in this moment as they were moving the Ark of the Covenant along, which contained the presence of God, and they were moving it along. And in that moment, he couldn't hold back any longer, but he began to dance before the Lord. He began to give God praise. He says, I will gladly go to the fullest extent." I will gladly go to the fullest extent to give God worship. Why? Because he chose me. Did you know God chose you? Each and every one of you in the room this morning, God looks at you. He calls you by name. He says, I've got a plan. I've got a purpose for their life. God chose you. God has a plan for you. 
And I wonder today in this moment as we discover that worship involves each and every one of us, in this moment that we discover that God has chosen us, will you intentionally be willing to step out in praise? Truth be told, we often limit our worship time to this moment with this great team. But did you know that worship is is how you steward your daily life? Of how you spend the money or steward the money that God has blessed you with? Because truth be told, it's not yours. It's his. He's just trusting you with it. You're just a manager for a season of time. It really belongs to him. Your worship is the way that you manage or lead or guide your family. Guys, are you being the man of God that God has called you to be? Are you leading your family in the way that is following after the things of God? If not, what needs to change? See, worship is the way that you live your life and operate in the marketplace, in the, in the workplace. It's not limited to 20 minutes on a Sunday morning. Truth be told, if worship functions as nothing more than a song service, then our weekly meeting together is nothing more than a concert. Let that sink in for a moment. If this is nothing more than a song service, then it's nothing more than a concert. And I'm going to be honest with you, if it's nothing more than a concert, I'm out of here. Oh, don't, don't misunderstand. I love concerts. I went to Elevation Worship Nights just a couple of weeks ago. I had a great time worshiping with several thousand people. But in this moment, this isn't a concert. This is an opportunity to corporately step into the presence of God. This is our worship opportunity together, joining together to lift our voice to the Lord. Because the Bible tells us in John chapter 4, it says, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When true worshipers, is that you? When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, the Father is looking for those that will worship him that way. Now understand something this morning. God is not looking for worship. The scripture doesn't say that God's looking for worship. The angels, they continuously give him praise, declaring holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who is and was and is to come. Day and night and night and day, the book of Revelation tells us that the angels are giving him praise, that they're giving him glory, that they're giving him honor. God's not looking for worship. He's looking for worshipers. He's looking for people like you and I that long to have this relationship with him. I wonder, is your worship to God confined to the time that we have with this amazing team, or have you personalized it in a daily walk with him? The worship that God seeks has nothing to do with a talented band. It has nothing to do 
with the volume that we sing or the hands that we raise in this room. It, it, it's a heart connection with him. It's following his lead and his guide. What, what God is looking for is men and women with a desire to have a relationship with him, not just a weekend obligation. Come on, look at that. He's looking for people that want to daily engage in a relationship of aligning our lives with him. He's not looking for people that want to give him a, a weekend stand, a weekend obligation, a weekend romance. No. No, he wants your hearts. He wants your every day. He wants to spend time with you. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, let us continually, this means it's ongoing, let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. In Psalm 34, he says, I will praise the Lord at some times. Is that what it says? No. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praise. I will allow myself to be so in line with who God is that as I speak, I represent him. As I move, I represent him. Come on, you are Christ ambassadors. You are the highest ranking officer given the responsibility to represent Jesus. Yet what do we do? We limit that relationship and that connection to an hour and 15 minutes and we call it good. What would happen if an ambassador for the United States only invested an hour and 15 minutes a week into that relationship with this nation. But then they went out to represent the United, how, how well would they do? Thank you, not well. Yet for some reason we have in our minds that we can just come in on a Sunday morning for an hour and 15 minutes. We can oftentimes be a spectator sitting back watching from the sidelines. But then we think, man, when I step outside, it's going to be a good week. And then we're confused and we're frustrated and we're hurt when things fall apart. God's called us to so much more than just routine. He's looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. He's looking for those that desire and long for a relationship and alignment with who he is. The psalmist said, I will praise the Lord at all times. For the next few moments, I want to look at two considerations regarding worship. Two things that I want us to really process regarding worship. Number one is this. What is extravagant worship? I'm going to define this word extravagant in just a few moments. But what is extravagant worship? Is extravagant worship that dear Christian lady 
that gets so excited that she kicks off her shoes and does a Holy Spirit two-step in the middle of the aisle? Maybe. Maybe it's that guy that spontaneously moves to the aisle and kneels face first before the Lord during the worship time on a Sunday morning. Well, maybe. Is it the person that raises their hands, sings as loud as they can for all to hear? Maybe. But truth be told, what worship is, is a heart after God. Of intentionally taking this relationship that we have with him, putting application to it, and moving in a direction that honors and pleases God. David said, I'm willing to look like a fool. I'm willing to dance before the Lord more extravagantly than this. The word extravagant by definition is exceeding the limits of reason, unnecessary or wasteful. David was giving God this type of praise because God's presence was all around him. But here's what I want you to understand this morning. We're looking at the idea of extravagant from a human perspective. There are those around you, maybe those in your circle of influence, maybe those in your network. When you begin to give God praise, when you begin to walk in alignment with God, when you begin to make decisions that honor God and you're pushing the worldly decisions behind you and you're moving in a way that is pleasing to the things of God and you're saying no to the old lifestyle and you're giving God praise continuously, they're not going to understand. To them, it's going to be wasteful. To them, it's going to be beyond the limits. It's going to be unnecessary. Do you really need to do that? They may even say you're wasting your time. But here's what you have to understand. We don't worship God for the approval of man. We don't worship God for the approval of man. We're worshiping not on their standards, but we're aligning ourselves with who he is. What may appear wasteful to people is simply a manifestation of an inner desire to surrender to an everlasting loving God. That's what he wants to do in and through you. That's what David was doing. One commentary that I read said it was possible that David was the only one dancing in the presence of the Lord. In fact, the Bible says that in the midst of this solo dance recital, if you would, he stripped down to the inner garments, the linen tunic, and he's willing to go to any extreme for God. The time that this event took place was one of great joy for the nation of Israel. Its enemies had been conquered. The anointed king was on the throne. And now the Ark of the Covenant, bearing the law of God, has been brought to the place prepared in Jerusalem. Everyone was celebrating, it seemed, except for David's wife, Michal. 
she was outraged with everything that her husband was doing. In no uncertain terms, she let him know it. She said, I despise you in my heart. She wasn't able to see the importance of his worship. Again, there'll be people in your life, they don't understand why you worship. They won't be able to wrap themselves around your desire to give God an extraordinary, extravagant praise. But here's what you've got to remember. Your worship to God is expressing a heart of thanksgiving for all that God has done in you. I think some of us have been saved too long. Here's what I mean by that. We've got spiritual amnesia. We forget the dirty, rotten scoundrel we were before Jesus. We forget the road of destruction that we were on before Jesus. I'm going to challenge you as we move through this series on Made to Worship. I'm going to challenge you to go back to that day, that moment. If you remember that moment, I want you to go back to that moment. Some of you in the room, you can remember where you were, when you were. You remember how old you were. You remember the place in the church or wherever it happened to be, at camp or whatever, when God changed your life and radically transformed you. I want you to go back to that moment to remember the things that God has set you free from. Here's the deal. God will take you as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you where you are. Come on. God loves you as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you where you are. He desires that you move in a direction toward him. He desires that you have a change on the inside out. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, don't be transformed by the world, but allow God to transform you from the inside out by changing the way you think. That's allowing our hearts to align with who he is. But look what's happening here. David has the Ark of the Covenant brought into the city. Things are all set up. People are celebrating. David is so excited. He's dancing. He strips down to the inner garments. He begins to dance. His wife is watching. She is just out of her mind, frustrated with him. She despises him in his heart. And now he goes back to pass out the goodies. You can read about that in Second Samuel, I won't take the time to read it all. But beginning in verse 20, it says, when David returned home to bless his own family. Come on, what was he doing here? He was putting action to his praise. A lot of times when we look at this section of scripture, we really focus in the part of, man, he stripped down to the inner garments. That's crazy. I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not planning on stripping down to the undies. You're welcome. <laughs> his wife was watching. She's frustrated. But he gets done with this moment of worship. And now he realizes, I've got to put application to this moment of God's presence. I can't just be a hearer. I've got to be a doer. I've got to move forward. So he goes home, begins to bless his family. Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. 
She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamely exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. But David retorted to him, to Michal, to his wife. I was dancing before the Lord who chose me. He chose me above your father. He chose me above all of our family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate. I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, I am willing. He says there's intentionality here. I'm willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. David says, I'm willing to extravagantly worship God if that's what he desires. Let me ask you this morning, how would you describe your worship? Are you overgenerous? Do you play it safe? Do you exceed reasonable limits? Is it just like everyone else so it's justified in his behavior? Again, worship has nothing to do with the music being played. It has all to do with our devotion to God for all that he has done in our lives. It's a matter of the heart. It's darling check in the book Extravagant Worship that said it this way. Unless your heart is fully engaged in the worship being expressed, it is still only music. King David grasped that something was missing. He says, God has chosen us. He's chosen me. For us today, God's chosen each and every one of us. Look at what King David says in verse 21. He says, in God's presence, I'll dance all I want. He chose me. God desires to spend time with you. God wants a deep, long-lasting relationship with you. That's the worship he desires. The second consideration is this. How will you respond in worship? How will you respond I'm not asking, are you going to hoop and holler? I'll be truthful here. I get a little loud. I get a little fun. I, I enjoy worship. I enjoy just giving God praise. That's what I do. I'm not asking you to do this. I'm asking you to do what God's called you to do. I'm asking you to align your heart with who he is. I'm asking you to... To learn to clothe yourself in the worship of God, worship with God and to God, rather, each and every day. Worship is placing ourselves in the presence of God and giving him what he deserves. Worship, worship has the opportunity to change the environments around you. We're going to talk more about that next week as we look at two guys, Paul and Silas. Lamar Boschman in the book, A Heart of Worship, made this statement. Sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that the only time we can worship the Lord is when we are with a group of believers. On the contrary, praise is to be private as well as 
public. Yeah, we need this moment together. We need this opportunity. This is encouraging moments. I don't know about you, but when there are people around me that are giving God praise, I get a little excited. I want to join in. I want to be a part. But Lamar says we can't just praise God here. We got to praise God out there. We got to praise God in our house. We got to praise God in our car. We got to praise God in our cubicle at work. We got to praise God when we're driving a trash truck. We got to praise God each and every place we go. We've got to have a heart of worship. That's what God's looking for. He goes on to, on with that idea of worship. And he said, it's not just where and when, but it's who and how. Any time and any place is suitable to worship. So two final questions. Who will you choose to worship? You see, we find ourselves consumed with so much stuff. We find ourselves so busy that we end up giving God the leftovers. We spend so much time in our hobbies with our money, making more money, spending more money. We spend time talking about artists and music and recording artists. We talk about public image people and and all of these things. We spend time on social media. Then in return, we give God what's convenient in the moment, if any at all. Four, John 4, 23, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That's the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. We are to give God the best of us. We are to worship God not for what he can do for us, but simply because of who he is. We gotta worship God because our hearts are in tune with Him. In one of my study Bibles, the notes said this true worship must come from the heart. It should reflect godly character and deep inner devotion to God. We must approach God and offer ourselves to Him in complete op- openness and with a spirit that is directed by the Holy Spirit. But grab this true worship must be a reflection of and a response to the truth of the Father that is revealed in the Son and is received through the Spirit. That's true worship. So who are you going to worship? The second question is, how will you worship? How will you choose to worship? If we look at 1 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Now, we look at this scripture, and maybe you're thinking, Well, Pastor, what does that have to do with worship? Well, let me ask a question. What happens in a temple? Worship. What happens in a temple? Worship. What happens in a temple? Worship. If we were called to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, should it not therefore be worship going on inside of the temple? 
I challenge you today. Allow worship to be a part of your life. A.W. Tozer said it this way, I cannot truly and joyfully worship God on Sunday and not worship him on Monday. I cannot worship God with a glad song on Sunday and then knowingly displease him in my business dealings on Monday and Tuesday. Worship isn't on the bootstraps of somebody else. Worship is a personal connection with God. Darlene Check said that this way, extravagant worship brings extravagant results. I wonder what sort of result are you believing God for? What are you believing God for in your life? What are you trusting God for? Begin to give him praise. Begin to give him worship. The moment that we worship him, the moment that we praise him, suddenly we get our mind off of the chaos of our life. And we realize that God's so much bigger than anything I experience in this world. And if I will just turn to God, if I will just surrender to him, the Bible says it this way, seek, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything else, everything else, seek the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and everything else will be added. Everything else will fall into place. Why? Because we've set our minds upon what's most important. Would you pray with me today? Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to you.